Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. That means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start the show. Uh, happy NBA Draft Day! Yeah, uh, uh, used to be the day every year when we learned uh, just how deeply on sale fabric was uh, <laughs> by the the sheer size of player suits. Uh, everybody had a sale on buttons. Like basically everyone who got drafted in the NBA lottery from like 1996 until I don't know 2012. Looked like Steve mm. Harvey. Um, yes, yes. There's some epically bad things there, but in in the last couple of years, there has been some creativity in the the um, interior. What would you what would you call that of the suit? Uh, the the, the lining. lining. The yeah. lining. Yeah. Some some really great lining. That is John true. Morant did that, um, but we're gonna miss that this year. Yeah, it is a shame. Uh, but that's not the most important. Uh, that's not the most important. Uh, sort of holiday gift that that we're receiving around this time of year because it's a week out from Thanksgiving. Uh, It's not even uh, the most important holiday gift is not even that we learned uh, this week that the person who is responsible for uh, the potential coming coronavirus vaccine is not a politician or a, uh, you know, a, a, a doctor or a drug company executive, but Dolly Parton. Uh, in, in in case I'm I'm springing any news on you, we we found out that Dolly Parton put one million dollars behind the uh, the Moderna study that has produced a, a vaccine that is allegedly around ninety five percent effective. Uh, Dolly Parton taught a lot of people to read, saved probably millions of lives. That's it. That's the that's yeah. the show today. Thank you, Dolly. She's she's the best person. Uh, she's the best person we've got. I will I will brook no other answer to that. Uh, but even that is not the biggest gift we get at this time of year. No. The biggest gift is the chance to eat what uh, Pierce has been calling performative holiday meats. Performative holiday meats. Um, yeah, nothing says toxic masculinity like... Everybody sit down and watch me head man at this table cut the meat. Uh, like, like, come on. Like, that's that's just so, you know, looking, you know, navel looky kind of thing. But but yeah, it's it's the season where between Thanksgiving and if you're celebrating Christmas or maybe you've got another holiday, just people getting together and then sitting around and eating a performative meat. And I will say, you know, from the jump here, you can have performative non-meats too. I know Sean and I have been talking about Maddie Matheson's most recent cookbook. Um, he has a performative non-meat that is a uh, stuffed butternut squash, which I am making next week. And is still in that performative, you know, uh, focal point vein. It's, it's a stuffed butternut squash. It's supposed to look like a stuffed performative meat. Um, so, of course, we have to talk about these performative meats. Of course. Of is course. It, is must. it stuffed with meat? 
No, no, it's stuffed with like it's stuffed with like chestnuts. I'm not putting chestnuts in it. I'm using pecans instead, like a like an American. You should just stuff it with bacon, like a true American. <laughs> <laughs> so, as is so often the case, uh, I, I feel like we we've kind of painted ourselves into a corner where we have to get out first by defining mm. what the fuck we're talking about. Uh, so, so you want to, you want to, uh, you want to take the ball, you want to, you want to ISO and, and, and define uh, what you were, are calling these performative meats for us. So I, I think it's, it, it is a, a centerpiece of a holiday meal um, where and, and it's not just be you know Thanksgiving, Christmas this time of year, but also things like Easter are often um, performative. I mean, uh, Max, I my understanding is is that a seder there are performative meats as as well. Um, there is there are rituals around it and and, and everything. But you know <clears throat> these holidays where there is a pause point and it is okay. We're going to partake of this here. And the meat or meat stand-in, I think, is a focal point. And there's a lot of rel- – oh, excuse it. But there's a lot of relish to the let me put this performative meat on your plate. A lot of times someone slices it. There is some table-side preparation. You know, I'm not talking about any, like, you pick it up from buffet here. It's something that, that is can, at the table, be placed onto your plate. Sure. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, okay. I mean, I don't. I, um, fair. That's one definition. Sure. I. I, I think. You, you are you suggesting that if, that if a, a meat is not sliced at the table? See, I was. I was thinking you were going to say more in the direction of like. I, I agree. I think it is. It has to be something about the centerpiece of the mm-hmm. meal, and and probably something that can be presented in such a way. Like, wow, look at this bird that I cooked for some number of hours. But I, I don't know that I've ever had a. A, a, a kind of performance around the slicing of the meat at the table that that sounds different yeah, to me than yeah. than anything I've ever experienced. And and I also I think that the I think that the performance aspect is is maybe slightly exaggerated here un, unless you don't you know you don't have any sort of like family gathering meal at any other time of year besides these like five holidays it's like you know any night that like you eat dinner together as a family like there there's some element of pause pausing and saying well it's time for us to serve up dinner so mm-hmm. but but I, I mean i think i think by and large we know what you're talking about you're talking about the yeah. thanksgiving turkey like yeah. It, it's yeah. it's it's a spectacle. It's it's really I mean, Spe- you know, we yeah. we've I think have gotten our, our our jollies in on the use of the word performative, but it like it is the the Thanksgiving turkey is a performance, no doubt about it. Yeah. It's yeah. it's and, it's po- yo go ahead, Kevin. Well, one thing I would I kind of think of it as to is like you you kind of pick it uh individually. Like it's not like your Tuesday dinner where like, "Oh, let's make grilled chicken and potatoes and asparagus you're like no we're gonna have we're gonna pick the meat and we're going to just make the meat itself and then figure out like the sides and stuff later yeah it's it's something that you make you seldom make um 
the way it is prepared is is maybe with more care than other things you make. And then I, I put some value into the fact like electric carving knives or or carving sets. Those are only they, you get those out only at certain times of year. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, the use of special tools. That's that actually is uh, that's, that's the a, performance. That is a for pretty me. good way to think about it. Yeah. Because like you know, roasting a Sunday chicken is a production. Cooking a, mm-hmm. a Sunday gravy, if you are, if you come from a big Italian family, like that is a production, you know. Mm-hmm. And and there's there's a little bit of spectacle and performance to that too, but but yeah, I mean, I, I think the I think the key element here is the the scarcity. Like you're not yeah. cooking, you're not cooking a, a twenty pound bird for you know for a family of fifteen people to eat you know, at the same time, but once a year, unless you have a very different approach to family eating than I think all of us probably do. Uh, so, I mean, we call it Turkey Day, for God's sake. You know, yeah. it, it's it's so it's so baked or, or roasted, if that's how you prefer, or deep fried into the lore that you know that the two almost seem interchangeable and yet every year i feel like some some segment of society goes through this same exercise which is taking a beat and thinking is thanksgiving turkey any good no and i've had good turkey but like of and this is kind of, this is really what i wanted to get to in my first thought uh, you know, a week or so ago, I, I started having this in my mind, which was, I think I need to talk with you all about how I think that, again, even though I've had good turkey, very well prepared turkey, compared to the other options for performative meats and non-meats, or meat-like things, turkey sucks, man! I mean, just give me something else. Turkey is, like, less fun chicken, and there's way too much of it. Okay. Uh, I would I, I would pause there and say if we if we get nothing else off from this pod, uh, I would say if you're if you're if you're socially distancing and you're not seeing uh, family for these holidays and you're doing smaller events or perhaps no event at all, take the opportunity to have whatever you want for dinner. <laughs> I think that's a win here. I know I, I spoke to my my parents and I spoke to my brother, and my brother said, you know, we were thinking about we might just have I don't know. Chicken parm, whatever you, whatever meal That's, suits you. So we're not talking about great. that today, but I, I think it's I think it's kind of a, a, a benefit well, of the potential COVID Thanksgiving is that you can you don't have to cook a turkey. You can cook whatever you want. So yeah, so I think the turkey. Thing. Go ahead, go ahead, Kevin. I was just say I think the turkey part of it is that there's too much of it. If you have big gatherings like my family does, um, where there's like 50 people there, then turkey becomes a inviting option and so it makes more sense in that regard yeah i I, and my my family my family thanksgiving shrunk radically over the last 20 years it used to be like a 50 person deal and now it's uh pre-pandemic edition was down to probably a uh between 10 and 15 uh but uh, you know, it's it's going to be even smaller this year. It, it, as of now, I am, uh, you know, I, I'm I'm traveling. That that is, 
the plan. Uh, uh, pending uh, or barring some, barring some unexpected development, like I'm, I am going and getting on a plane and flying back to Louisiana. Uh, but not, you know, we're not bringing the the full crowd that usually gets together. Um, but I, so I think that your your point is good, Max. If you are, if you are celebrating a different version of Thanksgiving than what you are used to. Like, don't let your Aunt Sheila or whoever, like, bully you into eating turkey on the Zoom call if you don't want to eat the turkey. But I also think that there's, I think that there's... No, a, yeah, it's equally, turkey, Sheila, it's dark meat. <laughs> I think there's an equally good argument to be made that, you know, there's no, there's not, there's no reason why you shouldn't eat turkey unless you like you really don't want it i tend to yeah. fall more in the camp of i think is thanksgiving turkey i think the question is thanksgiving turkey good is kind of an unnecessary question because for for all that that question frames it as though thanksgiving is essentially like a cooking show where the goal is to have the best food and like you don't want to eat shitty food. Like no one ever wants to eat food that is bad. But mm-hmm. I don't. I actually don't think Thanksgiving Thanksgiving turkey is bad. Mm. It's one of my. It's like not at the top of the list of the things that I want to eat on Thanksgiving necessarily because I also like. I'm a like a I'm a big deli turkey proponent. Like turkey sandwiches make up probably 80% of the sandwiches that I eat throughout the year. So mm-hmm. I, so I think I I I don't like look forward to Thanksgiving turkey as like yes, this is the time of year that I get to eat part of a giant dead bird. But I don't know. I think it's actually pretty good. I I think that like, you know, too too many people's answer to the question is Thanksgiving turkey good is colored by poorly cooked dry ass turkey breast and you're doing it wrong. That's a you problem. That's not a turkey problem. I mean, it's it's also a yeah. turkey problem, but you there's a way around it. So so I think part of this gets into and as as we kind of open the door to the other performative meats. I, I think with with turkey, um, you mentioned some of the pitfalls of of turkey making, mm-hmm. and and I think also to you know the best food. Yeah, you make a good point. Why should we be trying to do the best? But at the same time, if you're going to have something performative, I, I I do want it to be good. I mean, I I might spend a lot of time on it. Other people might spend a lot of time on it and get stressed about it. I mean, that is one thing we should say here: sure. holidays, especially these performative things. Be it you know you're in a social gathering or a small gathering. People are very stressed. It's not great on your mental health. So, like, getting something that you know is going to be good and you can appreciate what someone put together I think is huge. Yeah. And so that makes me think of, you know, if you're cooking, say, prime rib, um, that can go haywire really quick. Turkey, as we just discussed, not everybody likes it. It can be dry. You know, there's the whole white meat, dark meat discussion. Whereas something like is, you know, full disclosure, it is an infinity food for me. But, like, ham... Ham is something that, like, does not involve, uh, honestly, that much effort. A lot of times it's mostly there and used to warm it up. And not everybody can eat ham for a variety of reasons. I get that. I respect that. But for those that can, ham is a very efficient shot. And it's, it's, a, it's a layup, if not a dunk. 
you know, if you take that shot, it's probably going to go in, and that's a guaranteed two points, and everybody's happy. No one's like, man, I hate lay. Well, some people might hate layups, but, like, if you put in the value of it and the chances of it working out, I mean, I'm a big proponent of ham. Um, that's <laughs> kind of how I feel. Yeah, I mean, Kevin, it, it can is this value judgment maybe wrong should we take more long two-point shots just to see because it might work out if we're making roast beef well the the first thing i'd say is that anyone who would claim that they like layups probably also likes having turkey on thanksgiving Um, (laughs) but um i for me it's like why not both i think the advantage of my traditional huge thanksgiving is that there is the turkey and there is the ham and yeah the ham is always good and half the time the turkey gets messed up and the other half it well okay so absent a absent a critical mass of people it's bonkers to have multiple performative meats at a thanksgiving dinner <laughs> yeah. because you're already having so That's not many a thing I'm other familiar things. with <laughs> um, yeah. it's a, i mean it's a thing that i'm i i sort of remember from the hazy days when i was you know eight and my grandparents had uh you know all all of the uh all of the sort of close by out of town family over and we had 50 people you know crammed into the house like that that was a multi-meat affair but you know for for 14 people a turkey and a ham is ludicrous so you you shouldn't do that that's that's inefficient as hell (laughs) Yeah. No, I just think you're doing I, Thanksgiving wrong. I, look, um, look, man, you got another. You have another performative food holiday in at most four and a half ish weeks. It's gonna be okay. You can make it to the Christmas ham. Christmas so, ham. oh my god! But well, and and I so we've 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 moved into the hooved animals a, a little bit here, and Ooh. and I feel like you know so we've we moved on to ham. I think it's great, um, but maybe as you move into that later holiday, that December holiday, Max, you posed that before we were talking that that maybe there's some other considerations we make. I want to move outside maybe the the pork and and fowl zone. Uh. Sure. Well, I had to Google the, the 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 pork, and we can discuss later. I I didn't realize you, you, these these hams they they come cooked. There's no process around cooking. You mentioned something about just warming up a ham, buddy. I've never made a, a ham or had a ham. My friend, at a holiday that I can think of. There's a whole there's a whole chain of places called the Honey Baked Ham Company, and they literally do not do one more thing than what their name says they do. <laughs> I've been there, but I'm saying if you make one at home, you don't cook it. If you make one at home, you didn't call Honey Baked Ham early enough to reserve one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can go to the grocery store okay. and get a ham, but it's pretty much you just take it home and put it in the oven for a while till it's heated through. Uh, there's, I'm there's just not trying to figure out why the hams are, are are pre-cooked and no other meats are pre-cooked. But maybe that's a well, different ham, it's pod topic. Ham is ham is a cured meat. Ham is not ham is cured. Ham is not raw just by its by the nature of how ham exists. Ah. It's like how a lot of how a lot of sausage that you buy at a grocery store is fully cooked. You just heat it through. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, besides ham, yes, I was also. I mean, obviously, I think we would get into um, the cow-based products. Of course. Um, there's the roast beefs and the prime ribs, and then I also mentioned the 
the the sheep based products of like the leg of lamb or potentially the lamb the rack of lamb the lamb chops fancy lamb chops feel like or excuse me the like rack of lamb or i'm I'm thinking really like the crown roast i don't i don't even call that that's 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 the long two-pointer there because lamb cooks very funny and and also is is a gamey thing so while i enjoy lamb i know the person sitting next to me might not enjoy but max we would we would do well we would do a rack of lamb for new year's that was always the New Year's meal. Ah. Uh, I believe for Christmas we've done prime rib, but then other years we've done the leg of lamb. Mm-hmm. But I may be mixing hmm. up my holidays. I think that's right. Thanksgiving's think, always turkey. Yeah. I mean, Kevin, I'm interested because, uh, you know, is the is the December, is the Christmas holiday as large for you and your family? And do you keep consistent with your performative meats or, or do you change it up because you've just had a huge performative meat fest just a month before um yeah so i think it's with thanksgiving it's it's the big one we just want the staples no one has any pressure it's just like we want these things I love but that then, ham is a staple for you god i'm so jealous but then, <laughs> we just want the staples one turkey one ham Maybe a prime rib. Yeah. You know, the state is turning into a max ham appreciation yeah. podcast. I'm excited yeah. about it. I love ham. I didn't you have turkey, so you have ham. You have turkey, ham, potatoes, a Coke, and maybe a Sam Adams. Like, Christmas <laughs> is like the, the dark meat with the red wine. Um, and that's when you try out like more fancy things. So that's just been my experience. But yeah, lamb's great. Roast beef is great. Um, duck. Duck's a good one. What just so. Yeah. Coke and a Sam so, Adams. <laughs> So, no, this is this is great. And speaking of staples, I think this gets in the other thing that we have not even mentioned yet, which is, uh, you know, a lot of these things there, you, you get something and there's too much, they're performative, you send some people home with it. So you have to have this replayability of, of these meats as well. So performative meats do at some point become refrigerator meats. And, uh, you know, turkey has, uh, there's a lot of play there about what turkey becomes. Cool. And in a Hell lot yeah, of people's... Uh, opinions that is maybe the better concoction is the day after turkey sandwich. Uh, I would say again, ham, always great, <laughs> always great. Cold, warm, uh, in a seat cushion, always great. But so, so I think that that's worth considering. Whereas, you know, what are you going to do with the lamb chop? You're going to eat it like a lollipop the next day. Maybe you will, but you can't just can't do that on the go. As I mean, the, Max the answer guilty. to that question is yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, oh, you can do that. East Coast elitist. I think well, yeah, with, the leftovers are, are key. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Well, with lamb, you don't. At the times I've had it, it's, you probably aren't making a ton of lamb. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I get the sense that lamb is not typically a, a a choice that leads to like an excess amount of leftovers than mm-hmm. like a turkey or like beef tenderloin does. Like for. For a long time now, like Christmas Day with my family has been sort of associated with beef tenderloin, uh, and and there's always there's just always a bunch left for steak sandwiches, steak and eggs, that sort of stuff. Um, you know, turkey turkey can go. Uh, you know, you can make turkey noodle soup. You can use the bones to make stock, and have stock to use for you know months on end you know that so so even if and this is i think is another reason why i'm pro turkey because 
it's a gift that keeps on giving after the fact. Mm-hmm. And so there there's there are some some real positive outcomes to to cooking a turkey beyond just eating the turkey on Thanksgiving Day. Um <laughs> at the opposite end of the spectrum there is uh, a a delightful story from from when I was younger. So Christmas uh Christmas with my family is both bigger and smaller than Thanksgiving at this point because there's kind of a a a dual Christmas deal. We do Christmas Eve with my grandparents, my mom's parents, who live in New Orleans. And then Christmas Day, they come too, but that's also the day that we celebrate with my dad's side of the family. His three brothers and their families all still live there as well. Um, So we would go Christmas Eve, and it would be just the five people in my immediate family and my grandparents. And we'd go to church, and then we'd go back to Mimi and Papa's house, and we would eat dinner and and open a couple presents and uh she used to Mimi my grandmother used to make different things and then one year there was a fated experiment with I think arguably the most performative of all of the holiday meats Cornish game hens individual birds cooked for each person at the table yes and I you know, I, I don't know if she'll ever listen to this, but I, I, I know my I know my parents do occasionally. And, and so uh, this is not I am not ragging on my grandmother at all for this. Like uh, she she was in need of some some kitchen upgrades like her oven was kind of on the fritz. But that that year it was a bit of a fiasco <laughs> and the Cornish game hens did not get cooked all the way. <laughs> and in in a true a true moment of genius uh my my father made a joking suggestion to his mother-in-law that she should just make a pot of gumbo and every year since then i have gumbo on christmas eve and it is truly my favorite holiday tradition of the entire year, bar none, mm-hmm. more than the turkey, yeah. more than anything else, Thanksgiving gumbo, Christmas gumbo, those are the things that I like. That's what I get excited to eat. So, yeah, you know, even I, I think, and I think that's you know, it's Thanksgiving time. Thinking <clears throat> about what what we're thankful for, like I'm thankful for a time when something bad had to happen so something wonderful could happen after it. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good point, and and I think about the turkey, and I know that it's what we do, and what you're talking about is is a family tradition. You know, the turkey people do it because we have this weird conception of, you know, I I put my hand on a piece of a construction paper and drew around it, and that's turkey, and and that's what the pilgrims did. So I'm going to have this in a meal. We shouldn't do anything just because the colonizers did it. If <laughs> if I've learned nothing else this year, it's that. But what you're talking about, Sean, is yeah, it's a it's a family tradition. What and you know, when I have ham for these meals, what do I remember? It's less about the ham at the table, it's more the ham while washing dishes that I've snuck away. So, I mean, putting a personal stamp on it, um, you know, it's it's not it's not unlike those those trips we talked about a few weeks ago. It matters because it matters to you and that you do it with some consistency and you know on the one hand 
I don't, you kind of don't want gumbo to be a seldom treat because gumbo is great all the time. But this gumbo are, is, is especially special because of the when and the who. And uh, I mean, I think that's what makes performative meats awesome. Yeah, I, it really is. And, and that's, you know, I, I mean, I, I think, I think that, that Kevin's family has it right. Like you're, you're doing this not because turkey and ham are the best things to eat, but they're, they're the things that power a, a giant family get together. And, and it's easier, like it, you know, for, for all of the, for all of the horror stories about, you know, tough times cooking turkeys and how, how temperamental that can be as a process, it is actually still easier and much more efficient than like, you can't, you can't plausibly cook steaks for a family Thanksgiving because no, because no one wants to be actively cooking for four hours. Like you suck a turkey in the oven and you can do other stuff. Like you may, you may still be cooking during that time just because there are so many different things that go into putting a Thanksgiving meal together. But like, you don't have to be actively tending to that Turkey for those four hours. And so like, you know, it's, we're, we're trying to make things easier. I, you know, Thanksgiving cooking is plenty stressful. You, you talked about it already. It's, it can be a, a stress and a strain on mental health. And if, throwing a big ass bird in an oven or a roaster for a couple hours makes that easier. Like that's exactly what you should do. Yeah. Yeah. Max, you were going to say there is a honey baked ham company 12 miles from my home. That's exciting. Tradition. Is it in the direction of me? Yes. Well, mm, there's a few. There's one in the direction of you. We can do a follow up pod. Well, that's how you start a tradition. You all can socially distance, eat a ham in a parking lot next and, week. Um, and in terms of the leftovers, like I told my brother, because he said, he said, yeah, we don't want to make a turkey, but then if we don't, how do we do the leftovers? I said, grab yourself a rotisserie chicken and a pack of King's Hawaiian rolls, and you'll have your leftovers. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what you should do. 100%. Or just go get, just go, you know, splurge and, and go to Whole Foods or something and, and get whatever get the best deli turkey you can get and just make like make good turkey subs on thanksgiving day if that's how you want to eat your turkey like do this is a whacked out fucked up year where everything is upside down and not how we expect it to be so just accommodate that do do what your heart do what your heart tells you to do pepsi instead of a coke Uh, no 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 Come I don't. On. I, I think this is I, I, we live in a society. We're not animals. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm not allowed to discuss that in my current location. Actually, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pierce will be whisked away with a bag over his head. Uh, we don't. We don't want that. Uh, okay. Do we have anything else that we want to make sure we get on wax on the performative holiday meats before we wrap up? Kevin, since you do it most right, any anything anything to leave us with? Um, no. Okay. 
All right. Fish did not make an appearance. Fish, uh, we've, uh, you know, I think there's there are problems there. Okay, well, realizing all right, well, performative since, you, since you opened it for me, so actually a, a new tradition that we do now is that the day after Christmas at my dad's house, he gets everyone crab legs. So Nice. Oh, yes. That's oh, a Jameis Winston's Boxing Day. That is an... <laughs> That is an excellent tradition. Uh, yes, that's that is yeah. Fish maybe no bueno for for the purposes of holidays, but man, crab legs, very good choice. We have gefilte fish on Passover. Ooh, uh, I I had some of that this year. You did. That is true. Um, okay. Right. Well, uh, thanks for <laughs> thanks for indulging our ludicrous conversation about performative yes. meats. Uh, as a reward to putting up with us through that, uh, let's move on to Pierce's sorry. What are you apologizing for today? Um, so a- as happens, especially when you live in an apartment, you you deal with this question of, can I deal with my sink draining slowly myself, or should I have someone do it? And I- I'm not I'm not just you know apologizing for trying to do it myself because I, I did try to my my uh, bathroom sink. Um, it's a double vanity, so it really only affected me other than being in there for an extended period of time working on this this sink. But I decided I could go to lunch because I, I, I like to think of myself as someone who's who's capable of doing what I call some light plumbing. Um, you know, you, you try to drain stuff out with some, some baking powder and maybe some vinegar, and it, it, it sort of works for a, a couple weeks, and then you realize it's not, and then you get down there with, you know, a, a a kitchen vessel of some sort you've got like a big bowl and you take off the little u-pipe underneath and you're you're dealing with all this and and, and everything else so so the the person that you might live with is kind of like can can you stop this is this is so not that big a deal um you can just call somebody and they can do it but as a speaking as we started this podcast uh, speaking of toxic masculinity i'm strong and i can totally do this i don't need any help well, here's the thing. I didn't need any help at all because what I discovered yesterday is the um, the fixture, the sink fixture, uh, on the back of it, which there's there's a little bit of space between that and the backsplash. Um, I determined that there's actually a little, uh, I guess, lever, and it is the thing that takes the whatever the plunger part and opens and closes it. And even though after I had cleaned out that U pipe underneath and put stuff in and, and tried to get stuff out. What it was is whoever had it before or something had set it so that it was just low enough that it made the sink, uh, you know, drain out slower than it should. So there was no need to call anyone at all. I had basically left the thing unplugged and, uh, you know, expected it to work. So a failure on my part. Um, and um, there were a lot of people that could have helped me, and I was stubborn. So I, I apologize for... Uh, overtaking the bathroom for way too long to do something that didn't need to be done. <laughs> Don't do light plumbing if you're not a plumber. <laughs> this is what a great day! What a great day this has been. <laughs> I'm so glad we have that information in our lives now. Oh, oh! I tricked someone. I tricked someone for a full half hour into uh believing a reddit rumor that uh possible number one nba draft pick anthony edwards 
uh, got kicked out of Benihana for repeatedly bringing his own food to heat up on the grill, including a bowl of soup. And then this story. So today has just been wall-to-wall wonderful. Oh, all right. Uh, well, now that we've we've had our fun, let's wrap up the show as we do with a big idea from pop culture. And uh, <clears throat> we we talk about the Northeast. We talk about Boston on this podcast a, a fair amount. You know, given that fifty uh, percent of our our staff, if you want to call it a staff, uh, lives there, <laughs> and. I think it's probably safe to say that uh, New England's number one cultural export to the rest of America is uh, a little, little, little chain place called Duncan. Oh. Not Boston Market? No. <laughs> no, of course not. Um, oh, are you saying it's not, you know, the taste there is not great? Because that that's actually... A, I've never been a to a Boston problem. market. I, I don't even know if it's from Boston. <laughs> that was going to be Probably my question. Is, well, Duncan's, Duncan's not from Boston, but sure. Yes, Let's pretend it is. Sean, continue. A- anyway, uh, you know, I, I think one... And I think one of the ways that we can all recognize Duncan, even from afar, is uh, a very recognizable... And some might argue garish color scheme. Uh, it, it, you know, Duncan stuff tends to look like somebody cracked open a pink highlighter and an orange highlighter and poured the insides all over the box. And somebody looked at that and said, you know what? I need a bathrobe in those colors because they made a collection of of Duncan Apparel, including, uh, I'm, I'm reading actual product names from the site, your favorite Duncan joggers, your other favorite Duncan joggers, and the Duncan Treat Yourself bathrobe, which is just a white bathrobe with the, uh, the you know, the Duncan word mark uh, plastered all over it in that pink and orange. Uh, obviously, you know, because that's how these things work, uh, you can get none of these things because they are all sold out and presumably sold out in, I don't know, 17 minutes. Uh, so that's uh, that, that's that's the, the world we live in now, uh, where we're... Somebody, not you, but somebody was able to to get their hands on a Duncan treat yourself bathrobe. A, a friend of mine appreciate... did get the Duncan shoes that came out last year. Oh I don't know God. if you haven't seen those, you should Google them. Huh. I appreciate them. that that they're self aware and not like Starbucks, who's like we're we're an agent of change in the world. Duncan is like we're going to make bathrobes, and you know it's going to be fun because we're a coffee and donut place. Good for Duncan. Yeah. I support Schultz this. sucks. We should, we should, we should never forget. <laughs> Howard that. Schultz, Howard Schultz, a person who ran for president. Remember that? I think that was this year, actually. Uh, yeah, it might have. I think it was probably last year, but yeah, it's um, yeah, that was, uh, that was an an era that we all had to live through. Uh, okay. Uh, now that we've, 
now that we've dunked on Howard Schultz, uh, I, I think I have, to see, I have to see myself out, which is perfect because that is the yeah. end of the show. Uh, you can find us at our home on the web, www.prettyokpod.com. You can subscribe to the show feed on your podcast app device of choice. Uh, if you do that, you'll get our episodes every week without having to go look for us. Uh, thank you to everybody who has subscribed already. Please do us one more favor. Leave a rating, review, comment, that sort of thing. Or just tell a friend about the show. We'd love to share with them as well. Uh, next week is a holiday, so not 100% certain on whether or not we'll have a podcast next week. But uh, you can check us out on Twitter at PrettyOKPod. Uh, not a whole lot of post there necessarily but uh it exists for stuff like updating you on whether or not we're taking a break for a week so uh keep up with us there and uh we'll either talk to you next week or the week after that about something else until then i'm sean i'm pierce I'm max I'm kevin thanks for listening Bye.